you freaking auto? This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Roy, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. All right, we continue on. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. And uh, waiting on Ty France. They got their morning meeting still going on. So hopefully Ty's going to pop out here for just a couple of minutes. And look, we just got to ask him about the weight loss. We got to ask him about driveline. You got to He's the talk of camp. Mm-hmm. And he has been taking some ground balls at third. And I don't think he's going to say much about that. Even, even if the plan was for him to play some third base, I think what he would say today is, eh. No thanks. Yep. I'm just I'm just getting loose. He's actually working on his out. feet. I told you, right? What what Perry had, had mm-hmm. said to me, and that is, no, actually playing on that other corner works the quickness of your feet. I'm sure. And having to go to your left, so it kind of correlates over playing well, first base. Laura was asking me about it this morning as we were driving in, and you know, saying, "Hey, what do you think is really going on there?" And, and what I think is this: they need a lot of redundancies at that spot, right? It, they have their first option which they know, and Jerry was pretty positive about the third base thing yesterday. I know not everybody was buying it, mm-hmm. but he said, look, you know, Rojas when he's good and and Urias when he's good, both guys have had success. And if we can get them both into ideal positions and get the most out of both of them, that will be a very good player. I understand that no one's buying that or not everybody is, and for good reason. I'm not really either mm-hmm. because that's relying on a lot of things going to their 100th percentile. Their very unlikely. Right. So what do you do? You start with that as a possibility, and that's one of the ways you get through third base. If that doesn't work, and if Arias can't figure out how to play the field by the time the season starts, mm-hmm. guess what? You've brought in Brian Anderson, who's been a big league third baseman. You've brought in Michael Chavis, who's played third base in the big leagues. You've given yourself some options. You know that Dylan Moore can play over there. You know Sam Haggerty can play over there. So you, 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 can play you know there. that Polanco can mm-hmm. play over there. And if you need some odd Taylor or Haggerty or somebody like that at second, there's some ways you can mm-hmm. deal with it, even if it's only short term until everything comes around. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I think Ty France is at third base. Is it the ideal? No. Does anybody want Ty France playing third base every day? I would guess not. But, as Jerry said yesterday, the fact that he has lost enough weight makes this at least a conversation because of the athleticism and the fact that you do have more options at first, whether it's Luke Rayleigh or whether it's uh, Tyler Locklear, the young kid who they're really excited about. Mm -hmm. It it just opens up more possibilities. So do I think that this is like going to happen? It's the goal? No. Mm -hmm. Do I think that it's a smart thing to do to open up as many avenues for redundancy and safety as possible? Yes, I think you have to do that. Can I challenge that word redundancy a little bit? Because to me, redundancy means the same, like, just piece over and over and over, the same part over and over and over. Don't you want a little bit of unique giftings with them? Don't you want actually like that they're a little bit different, that maybe one's a, a hit collector when he's really hot and urious and Rojas is, you know, may, may, maybe got a little more, I don't know, consistency or yeah. size or, or what have you? I mean, they're kind of different, obviously, ties. I don't mean they're the same player, but that you're, I think depth. redundancies in this case essentially means it's depth. depth. Okay. Yeah, it's just giving yourself a lot of options okay. so that you're able to kind of figure out your way through a situation that maybe isn't exactly perfect. With yep. that being said, we got Ty France sitting down with us right now. Our final interview of our week. We, we saved the best for last. Caboose. What's going on, man? How are we doing? Awesome. Well, we can't even see you. I mean, look at how small you are. It is uh, just, not that small. it's all we can talk about. <laughs> it's all anybody can talk about. <laughs> what did you do? Where did you go? Um, honestly, it was just a lot of diet. Up the diet. Um, 
the workouts really didn't change too much. We added a little more strength stuff, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, just kind of eating cleaner and um, kind of just got after it this offseason. It stinks, doesn't it? It's not fun. It no. stinks. No. Who wants to eat cleaner? Like, don't you just want to be able to eat burgers the rest of your life? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to be able to do that. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. No, it catches up with you. It's crazy how all of a sudden one day you start getting older and you're like, oh, I can't eat like that anymore. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think Coach Peterson used to say to me, you can't outrun a bad diet. So you could spend all these hours, but if you're putting fuel in your body that's, you know, the sugars and the carbs and the burgers and the fats and the bacon and all the good stuff, it's really hard to outrun it. Uh, what did that commitment look like, in all seriousness? Was it a, a nutritionist? Was it what exactly did you do, kind of eating-wise and diet-wise? Uh, no, a lot of it was just on my own. Um, I just kind of went super simple. Mm. Um, just kind of looked for a lot of more protein-heavy foods, cut out the carbs and sugar, and um, you know, I still ate, ate my vegetables for carbs, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it was honestly, I, I, I didn't change too much except for just adding more yeah. protein to the diet and knocking out. Where do you sugar. feel it the most through, um, the, through this camp of being a little bit leaner? And where do you feel it? Just the most? moving around. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel a little quicker, a little more explosive. Um, did some, some speed training this off season. Um, so just kind of seeing that translate and, um, you know, I'm still I'm not a burner, but, um, you know, just being able to move around, feel athletic, you know, it feels good, um, you yeah. know, not having that extra weight weighing me down. Steal more bags than Cal this year? Um, I think I stole more than him last year. Yeah. So, so I, I feel yeah. like this is uh, a running competition. Yeah. Running. Oh, pun so intended. Speak. Yeah. Pun intended. Um, what else did you work on? Because, uh, you know, unfortunately last year was not your best. I think that's. I don't think I'm I'm breaking news there, and and it's just such a bummer coming off of the year you had had before. What did you do to try to get back to being that guy? There was a lot, a lot that went into it. Um, you know, like I said, we started with the the diet change, the the strength training aspect, um, and then it, we realized, you know, it, the swing just hadn't been the same for the last couple of years. So, trying to figure out how to uh, get that back, and you know. Not necessarily be who I used to be, but I wanted to even be better than that and clean clean more things up because I knew, you know, it had been a while since I felt like myself. So, um, you know, fortunately the Mariners were on board with me going to driveline. Um, got there, they did the whole you know eval. Um, kind of, I'm sure you guys saw me hitting sure. my underwear. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, the whole yeah, world you. saw you in your underwear. No, yeah. I appreciate that. Yes. No, that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, so started there. Um, <laughs> And just it's amazing the, the technology that they have there and how um, quickly they're able to show you how inefficient your swing is. And, um, you know, we after the very first eval, they sat me down. We had a, almost a two hour meeting and, you know, they said, this is what we're going to do this offseason. This is how we're going to fix it. Um, By the way, I mean, you, you've been a successful major league hitter for a long time. Is that hard to hear that? things are inefficient that there's all these things you can do to clean up um honestly no um i that was the main reason i went there i I needed help i needed needed that guidance so i was all all ears from the beginning um and you know i everything they've they've wanted to do i've tried and if i didn't like it it's the communication's been great um and to be honest there's very little that i haven't liked like it's, it's it's helped me a lot um I feel better. I, I feel cleaner. Um, my mechanics feel cleaner. So, um, yeah, definitely just excited to get that in action. The diehard Mariner fan, Ty France, here with us for a couple more minutes. The diehard Mariner fan that watches every one of these games and every one of your bats and listens to all of them, where will they hear it and where will they see it look different? 
Um, yeah, you know, hopefully the results. Um, but as far as like, I cleaned up some of my stance. I'm mm-hmm. a little quieter in the box. Um, some less less moving parts. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just hopefully less with your hands. It kind of felt like it, it, is it just stabilizing some or shortening any of that as well? Yeah. There was a lot of like, uh, scientific terms that they use, um, <laughs> over there and, um, you know, some, they, they simplified it as best as they could for me, but, um, just getting my whole body to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before I would just, I was very handsy. I would, I would swing with my hands. I was very good with my putting barrel on the ball or putting yep. the bat on the ball and yep. um sometimes that could be a curse you know i'm swinging at pitches i shouldn't and putting balls in play that i shouldn't and you know next thing you know i'm over four so yep. um just being able to put all that together and use my body correctly um and sequence correctly uh, i think it's going to make a huge difference you must feel pretty confident coming into camp then yeah i mean i, I typically i don't start hitting until probably early december um this year I started just after Halloween, um, so I, I, I started pretty early this year. And um, part of the reason was because going to driveline, I wanted to make sure, you know, I was in shape to, you know, do the full eval. I didn't want the first time swinging in that off season being that that eval. So, um, you know, I, I started early. the The first month was just my typical swing that I had in the past, and um, it took, you know all off season to uh, kind of clean all that up. Can we address some rumors that, that we've heard? I got two rumors I wanted to make sure we address. The first, I had heard that when you got to driveline, you asked them to do the Happy Gilmore drill so that you could work on getting hit over and over again. Is that true? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, so you didn't I, honestly, I, I have actually backed off the plate this year. Really? Um, yeah. Now that, um, you know, my swing is cleaner and better. Um, I don't feel like I need to cheat anymore to, you know, that outer half and, um, you know, a lot of guys attacked me in last year with the with the hard stuff and sinkers in stuff like that. So um, being able to back off the plate and just give myself a little more space to work, um, and hopefully it means I get hit less. So. I would imagine your wrist, arm, and back all thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, well, clearly not. I already got hit in spring, so <laughs> my second at bat. So you just can't help it, can yeah. Um, so I backed off the plate a little bit. Cool. And, um, you know, hopefully that gives me a little more space to work. And then uh, we also heard the opening day third baseman. Is that right? That's, I, you know, I'm, I'm here to do whatever I, I got to do to help the team win, whether that be third, first. Um, but you know, being able to come into camp, um, feel athletic again, um, being able to move my feet, you know, the way I have so far, um, you know, I feel like I, I could go back out there and play third again. Whereas last year, you know, I, I, I knew I was playing first every day and right. didn't. Not that I didn't need to work at third, but um, there was no urgency for mm-hmm. it. So. Um, being able to do that, I, I don't think I'm going to be the opening day third baseman, but um, you know, if they need me to play third, I'm I'm more than happy to. That's pretty cool, man. I, that's a that's a really um, impressive. I mean, obviously, I was joking about that being a rumor, but that's a really impressive view on it—a feeling that you've done enough of your own work that all of a sudden you can help the team potentially in a new way if called upon to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's the biggest thing. I mean, the, our farm system is so deep, and we have a lot of young guys coming up that are you know really good athletes and good baseball players. So. Um, you know, there, there's really no holes in this lineup this year. So, um, you know, we're excited to get out there. And, um, yeah, I mean, whatever whatever I got to do to, you know, help this team win, we have we have big goals this year. And, you know, missing the playoffs last year was very disappointing for us. And 
um, you know, I think a lot of us are still a little upset about that and looking forward to getting getting after it this year. Happy camp, happy guy. <laughs> so far, yeah. It's pretty cool, man. So far. Thanks for coming by. It's good to catch up with you. It's good to see you. And, and just what a great story of what you did this offseason. I know we've gotten a ton of feedback from our listeners about it. Everybody wants to know about it. Everybody's really excited about it. So uh, looking forward to seeing you yeah. up in Seattle in a couple weeks. Sweet. Thanks, guys. There I appreciate you it. Thanks so much. There's yep. Ty France. Uh, the breaking news, not your opening day third baseman, mm. as we figured. But I really love that answer, man. Yep. Don't you? I mean, just the willingness and the kind of positivity and how can I help the team and how can I make myself better? There's a lot could of good have stuff easily, in there. Could have easily said, uh, come on, guys, I'm yeah. not a third baseman. Right. Could You know, and maybe in the past, and we've heard that from others, you know, over the years. No, I'm not going to do that. But just like Julio's like, there's a fight. I'm in the front of the line. Yep. You need me to play third? I'll play a little bit of third. It's kind of what happens when you miss your goals. Yeah. When you have a little humble pie served to you, when you have some of that edge and some of that frustration kind of continues the thing. I know what very you're thinking. Very interesting. Right? Wasn't that very yeah. interesting? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you're... that was very interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott is meeting. While he was out here, Scott Service is meeting with the media. We are expecting news on Matt Brash, or at the very least, a uh, an explanation of where they're at and what will happen next. Shannon Dreyer will come out of that meeting and come join us probably during Need to Know Next. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. All right, breaking news here from the Peoria Sports Complex as the Mariners have made an announcement on Matt Brash, and it is not nearly as bad as we thought it would be. Shannon Dreyer will be in a couple of minutes to help us run through this, but they uh, read her tweet. Mariners announced MRI on Brash was consistent with previous tests. He's dealing with elbow inflammation, but could return to throwing next week. Once up, he will need a full spring training, so he very likely will start the season on the IL as the Mariners will be very cautious wow. with him. Wow. i got to tell you, from everything we have heard all week long, there was a lot of expecting the worst, hoping for the best, and maybe some of that hope ended up coming through. Well, anytime you're dealing with an elbow and a pitcher and a 180-pound guy that unleashes the fury out of that arm that he does, there's going to be concern. On top of Salk last year, the dude threw 1,304 pitches. That's a lot. That was fourth most in baseball, the top being. He was only one of four guys that threw over 1,300 pitches in 70 innings and right up there with the most appearances in all of the league. So I can understand why there was some of that doubt, or why, the, why there was fear and reservation. But to have nothing structural and to just have inflammation – I think, obviously, Matt breathes a sigh of relief oh, first sure. and the whole rest of this organization yeah. after. Now, we'll see what happens. This does not mean that he's out of the woods and shoulder inflammation is not nothing. And, is you it know, shoulder or elbow? I'm sorry. Elbow inflammation is not nothing. Jeez. Sorry about that. And as you know, as you go, these things can pop back up again. Sometimes, yep. you know, this is a precursor to something a whole lot worse. So I, don't, I wouldn't say they're out of the woods. But for now, they have dodged an enormous bullet with Matt Brash. And if he is able to return, even if it's May 1st, mm-hmm. that would be such a huge win considering what I think people here were worried about just a couple of days ago. Mariners played yesterday, and uh, they ended up losing that game. They gave it up late with relievers who are probably not going to be on the roster this year having some trouble. But before that, we got to see some good stuff. Home run from Brian Anderson, home run from Cade Marlowe, and this one from young Cole Young. And leading things off, Cole Young with a swing and a drive deep to right field. Holy smokes, he leaned into this one, and goodbye baseball. Cole Young. 
the fifth inning. What a shot by Young. Just turned 21 years of age only a few days ago. Married his first round pick a couple of years ago. And he's made a, quite an impression in the early part of the spring. It's now the Mariners 5 and the White Sox 3. And he jumped on the first pitch from Cousin and hit it way onto the berm and right. I think Cole, one of many that Ty France was referring to that's in the system, <laughs> these young, dynamic, athletic guys that got a little bit of pop coming out of that bat. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, John Schneider, speaking with Wyman and Bob yesterday from the Combine, was uh, asked about quarterbacks, unsurprisingly, and did say that this is an intriguing group, and there's some guys in there that he really likes. We have to be ready for anything. You know, we don't know if there a certain trade will go down or if something happens. I mean, got you've seen you guys have seen players fall in the past, and you've seen teams be able to jump up and have successful trades moving up into the top ten to grab guys. And yeah, so you just have to be prepared for everything and, and not just rule players out. Like, hey, we're not we're never going to be able to draft that guy. Now, there's a couple of players in here. We're kind of like, okay, well, we're probably not going to have a shot at that guy. But we do study him, we do talk to him, we do get to know him as much as we possibly can without. You know, going over the top with it. But we, you, you, have, you have to know every player as much as you possibly can and not, not take any shortcuts. Yeah, not only for yourself there, Salk, as I hear that again, in your own due diligence, for your own evaluation of that prospect, but what's the rest of the league think about them? You know, really, really key when you get into that war room that you've got some sense of what the market is, mm-hmm. some feel for where these pieces are landing and where this piece is going to go. And based on this and sure, Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr. and some of those names that he didn't say, but he could have filled in the blank there. They're not going to be anywhere near the availability, but you're going to start to get a feel for what, comp them. Right. To that's the, right. Some of the guys that will be. Available. That's exactly right. Yeah. How far down is the first round, so to speak? The guys with first round grades. That's right. Makes a lot of sense. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, then, real quick, uh, win for the Kraken yesterday, which was great. 2 nothing as they shut out Pittsburgh. Phil Grubauer with his first shutout of the season. Some good D played in front of him. And then goals from Bjorkstrand and Wenberg late. Cougs come back from 12 points down to beat USC. And Caitlin Clark mm-hmm. is going to the league. She's going mm-hmm. to the WNBA now that she's broken the record. Ah, and the Grizz were right there, Salk. We had a chance what to happens? knock off the top top-seeded Eastern Washington and still be alive for the conference regular season title, and we just, we gave it away, man. Can't give it away. You can't give away possession after possession after possession. It's just going to hurt you and kill you at any single level you play. Got to beat them in the uh, tournament, though, right? That gets you in? That's right. Got to beat them in the tournament. Got to get them in the tournament. All right, there you go. That's everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Shannon is uh, still in with Scott, so she's getting all the details of what's going on news-wise. But as we mentioned a few minutes ago, great news, you know, at least as far as it could be on Matt Brash. The fear was that it was an elbow, that it was going to end up being Tommy John surgery. And at least for now, now that and it wasn't uh, even the flexor avoided. bundle. Wasn't a flexor bundle. Sheesh! I was no. waiting for a flexor bundle. It wasn't. It wasn't even a flexor bundle. Just now inflammation some, in the some elbow. elbow inflammation. So they try to get that calmed down. The MRIs were consistent, and uh, hopefully this means that uh, he'll be up throwing next week and join the team soon after opening day. We have had an unbelievable week here with all of these mm. interviews, and with case just in case you haven't listened to every minute this week, we thought we would bring you the best of all of them, and we'll run through. What are we about ten fifty? different cuts. Mora made, made 612 week. last night, yes. I'm trying to figure out who's worked so hardest here this week. It was either Mora or Shannon. 
Yeah, and Mora had to deal with more adversity right. this time around. Or so. Julio. It was Mora, oh, Shannon, I mean, Julio. Justin's been I mean, cranking out the yeah, video. Now Justin doesn't do crap. Nah, let's be careful. I'm <laughs> not, not going to go right. ahead and go he was, Justin doesn't do anything. He was flying yeah. drones out of the right. hot air balloon this morning. Exactly. Justin doesn't do anything. <laughs> Certainly nothing of value. I mean, Mora's making cut after cut sure. after cut. My and, work just seemed harder because oh. the internet doesn't work at our Airbnb. Maybe you were more vocal about some of your issues. I would like to throw in a few hours of my sous chefing and chefing in that was great, equation. but I wouldn't call that hard work. That wasn't like do you know. You know what else I love about spring training <laughs> is that Salk doesn't get a break from chauffeuring kids around. Right, right. <laughs> he still so drives you guys around. Drive us what time do you guys want to go? Yeah, no, I'll be there. Don't worry, I'll drive you guys wherever you need. Okay, we'll come back with the very best of this week, the best from every interview we conducted, and uh, stick around. You might learn a little something about this Mariner team next on Brock and Salk. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, all the little issues this week have been turning out nicely. Julio missed a couple of games. We worried there was something going on. Turns out, a little sore hand, and he will be back in the lineup tomorrow. Matt Brash missing, shut down since his second throw of uh, the spring. Uh, turns out, elbow inflammation. News coming out just a few minutes ago, and he will be shut down for just about another week hopefully turn return to throwing and hopefully we will see him soon after the regular season starts so some great news on the injury front with the mariners we've had a fantastic week here thanks to alaska airlines who brought us down here and they got daily non-stops from seattle to both phoenix and tucson if you missed any of the interviews we thought we would run through the very best mm. of what we heard going all the way back to mitch hanniger who told us here in cut one that he is as happy as he appears to be. Yeah. I'm happy, like I said, it's not, I'm not faking it. I'm happy. I'm really excited to be back here. It's, a cool it's always felt like home for me. And, um, yeah, my wife and I love living in Seattle. Yeah, what did she say when she found out you guys were going back to she's Seattle? She's excited. Is she? We talked, yeah, we talked a lot about how we missed Seattle a lot last season. And, um, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. And it's a little harder because we live an hour and a half from San Fran. So um, she was able to go home if I was on the road and, and take my daughters back home. But now it's – but – we don't need, we don't feel like we want to go home as much because Seattle's it's always been so nice and um, feels like home, so it's cool. It is very cool, and I do remember that feeling, Salk, when I got traded to Indianapolis and watching those Seahawks games. And as he said, they had to stop watching because they were so invested and so involved, and so much of their heart was still in Seattle. He wanted to be a Mariner. The contract uh, didn't work. Uh, San Fran gave him a three-year deal, significant money. He's coming back here now a year later. And maybe not happy, but I think as we talk through it, content yeah. and very much at peace with where he's at. Well, he did seem like this the familiarity of everything, I think, with the comfort the comfort of everything. They know there. me. I know them. Yeah. Let's go win a championship. Yeah, I think he is pretty cool. He's still over there working out right now. He's you know what he likes, by day. the way? He likes the sled. Yeah. For those of you workout junkies that I know enjoy that like I do, he's the one you know, guy. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what Brock likes? All, watching Hanniger yeah. pull the sled. There, there's all, all four of those workout junkies. That there's four of them, and, and that's great, yeah. and they all appreciate that. Right. No one's on the sled more yeah. than Mitch Hanniger. All right, Logan Gilbert joined us as well. He was one of the first we talked to, and uh, he was, I thought, probably the best window into the Scott service offseason, and Scott spending his time going from person to person and leader to leader and talking through and being transparent with where the team is at. Here's what Logan, here's what that meant to Logan Gilbert. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I didn't know you knew that, actually. And, uh, word got around, I guess. Yeah. No, it means a lot seeing him, yeah. Um, I think you see that investment, especially during the off season. Everybody's got their own time. It's 
basically the farthest flight you can get from Seattle. So it says a lot that I'm all the way out there. And uh, I do all kinds of weird stuff, as most people know in my training with the water balls and stuff like that. But he was there, like, talking to the, the guy that runs it and trying to understand all this stuff. And I think just also, you know, going out to get lunch, just trying to understand and um, be invested in his players, that means a lot to me. I'm sure the other guys as well. You ever seen the spoof It's a Dad's Life? I think it was a church group out of like Oklahoma, but it was so well done. It's a dad's life. And they're in a minivan and they're watching Disney films and crying. And as we talked to all these guys about Scott coming to visit, like dad's coming to town. That's pretty cool. And dad wants to learn. And dad is super invested. And oh, by the way, you know who's number two behind Logan when it comes to the water balls and the different apparatus and all the different techniques is Emerson Hancock. Probably not a surprise. Two of the bigger guys, long-levered, got to get everything, as Ty talked about hitting, how everything's got to be connected for pitchers, sequenced. especially with length and, length and sequenced yeah. together. Uh, Emerson, number two on that list. All right, Brock, I think your favorite interview was Brant Brown. You were really excited oh. about coordinator well, you know, it's bench like coach. When you're a comic yourself yes. and you see another comic, yeah. you just have a bond. All right, yeah. so what is he, why is he here? What is it they are trying to accomplish by having someone strategize with their hitting? He explained. Wishful thinking would be that the league will recognize our offense as an elite offense as well as our pitching. Mm. Um, and the way we can do that is just kind of bring attention to things that are important uh, to win the baseball game and understanding that each game is going to call for a different way to win that baseball game. And we're going to have to do things within our offense, within the individuality of our players, um, that they're going to have to understand they're going to need to take different kinds of shots in different situations if we're going to win because we don't know which run that we score is going to win it. And you got to score more points than your opponents <laughs> to win it. And I do think that we have the skill set on this team. It was Cal Raleigh that echoed much of that. And maybe not a surprise that Brant and Cal were one of the first to connect when Brant got this job. And Cal's like, I'm tired of just it being the Legion of Boom. Like the equivalent, this pitching staff is the equivalent of the Legion of Boom. It gets all the attention. You know, it has the difference makers. It has the all-stars and Luis and George. But you know what? We need to hold up our end. And much like that Seahawk offense with Marshawn and Russ and the bruising O-line, did their job and complemented better than maybe the numbers or people on the outside thought. There's still a Cal and a Julio yes. and, and some guys that can do some damage of their own right on the offensive side of it. Yeah, I, and you you nailed it earlier with them just having more options, more clubs in the bag. Yep. They don't just need to win by hitting a home run, and I think they're still going to try to hit a lot of home runs. They haven't abandoned analytics and decided that all of a sudden you don't need to swing for the fences yep. or that three true outcomes don't matter, but that there are times throughout the season where they may need to do things a little bit differently. And one of those times is in April and May when the weather at T-Mobile sucks. I don't know how else to say it. It's terrible. It's lousy in Seattle in April and May. I hate it. In fact, I want to stay here. I'd mm -hmm. like to come back in July mm -hmm. when the weather gets nice. And say, oh, sorry, now I'm on a different rant. But Scott Service knows it. He's talking about it. He's being open about it. And he explained why. I also think we're talking about it a little bit more than we have in the past. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Okay, how are we going to combat that? and not get frustrated with it. Oh, man, he hit that ball at 98, and it was at this launch angle. That's a hit in 29 other parks, but it, you know what? It wasn't tonight. What do we have to do to win the game tonight? And whatever the game calls for, there are our players equipped to do that, and that's what we're talking about more in spring training. 
I'll tell you what, if they hit the ball 120 miles an hour, sure. like Julio did yesterday in the cage. Cut through any marine layer. Yeah, that'll be okay in the yeah. marine layer. Yeah. It may not go 508 feet, but it'll get out of the park. Yeah, but there's one humanoid that can do that on the roster. And he comes up once, you know, every nine guys in that in that order. And even he is going to be a guy, as he told us, it's going to do whatever it takes to hit the ball the other way. I mean, Teo and Gino and the pieces last year were just not able, Salk. Right? It's, it's just like, a, hey, man, Brock. You know, this week, beat this defense. You know what we're going to do? Zone read. And you're going to run it. No, that's not going to work. I, I don't have that club in my bag, you know. But can we can we throw it? Can we can we do this? Can we adapt? Uh, there can be, I think, more. Uh, the word is probably adaptability. Yeah. He also said they might bunt a little bit more. And that doesn't mean it was going to be all the time or that Julio or, uh, you know, some of the bigger boppers of Rayleigh are going to be asked to bunt. But you may see a little bit more small ball to try to get some more runs, especially early in the season where 3-2 games are a little bit more common. Uh, we talked to Mitch Garver, one of the newest Mariners, a guy who's supposed to come in here and add some pop. And some of that conversation is about where he came from in Texas, where they did win the World Series last year. And, of course, Brock had to ask him about his former manager, Bruce Bochy. Bochy. Yeah, yeah, it's a massive dome. He's got a big dome. Biggest you've ever yeah. seen? Yeah, probably. Really? Yeah. <laughs> He's very serious about it. Very. <laughs> very serious. I felt so yeah, probably. bad. I probably mean, we've had confirmation dome. from multiple people sure. now. Yeah. This is like a a yeah. long-running theme. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like when you see these seven-footers, 6'10 guys, you know, that just, I'm sorry, you go to the store. Even Nordstrom Rack, you don't have size 18s yeah. there for you, DJ Fluker. You know, I'm in the uh, team shop there in the stadium yesterday getting a new hat, and I'm looking there like, man, poor Bruce Bochy. He can't even buy a hat. It only goes up to eight. Maybe that's why he works in baseball, so that he would get all of his hats for free. All custom The only way he could do yes, it. Custom. We got a little bit more from Garver, though, because he was there in the middle of that AL West hunt last year at a different perspective. How close were these three teams that all finished near the top of the division? Extremely small. Enough that 162 games had to determine um, the winner of the West. So... Uh, that just tells you how important it is to for each game. I mean, you, winning games matters during the regular season. Winning games in, in April and May and June matters. Um, it's about, you know, creating those routines and being able to win those close ball games that, that'll get you into the postseason. And uh, this team is really not far off, man. I mean, they have the pitching. Um, they have the lineup additions. Like, this, this team has a lot of potential. Sure does. And... Get Ty France to take another little step. Not even a little step. Get Ty France to take that step that JP took after his time kind of reinventing himself and reconfiguring his swing and getting everything. Like it, it, You don't need seven or eight things to happen. You just need a couple. You, you need those great players like Luis and George and Logan to be great. And then you just need a, a little something. To, and that's what Texas did, Salk. I mean, look at their lineup. At the right time. You had a bunch of guys that hadn't been this before. The catcher hadn't been that before. Their outfield hadn't been that before. But, man, they took a step and, and collectively put it together and covered for some real areas. That Texas team, is you, you were correct on one thing. Their bullpen was a mess. And for about a month and a half, it just derailed them. Yep. And everybody else caught back up to them. And then they were able to finish in a way that – Luke Rayleigh, another one of the newcomers being asked to do quite a bit, and he's one of those guys that you hope last year was not a fluke, Mm -hmm. and he can continue to build off the, what, 25 home runs, whatever it was that he hit last year. He uh, found out he was traded here in kind of a unique way while he was with his wife on his honeymoon. 
it was a little strange just because I was on my honeymoon. But um, where was that? I was in St. Lucia. Oh, nice. So yeah, oh, I was going to say St. Lucia. So did I. I was oh. like, oh man, we're going to have to talk. <laughs> that would have been a heck of a honeymoon. <laughs> Your wife is out. It's yeah. not going to take very long. St. Louis is no place to honeymoon. Right. No. Uh, yeah, I was in St. Lucia, and I think when the trade happened, I was in the pool playing volleyball with the other people at the resort, and get out to about 40 text messages, a bunch of missed calls, and I was traded. And what did the uh, wife think? Um, she was, I don't know how to explain uh, or describe her reaction. <laughs> she was actually uh, sitting in a hot tub with some of the people that she had met playing volleyball, and I was like, Kate, you, you got to come to me. No, no, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. No. <laughs> so I was like, you no, 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 this is, I'm serious. You need to come. <laughs> You know the the one time in my life where my phone truly did that, and I was like, "Uh oh!" And I was running on the treadmill and just had my phone off to the side, not a humble brag. But I came back and I looked at my phone, and it was the same thing. It was like fifty texts. I'm like, "What is going on?" And one of them from you, and I think one of the first ones from you, and you're like, "Bro, I got your back." Oh. And then I was like, "No, dude, I got your back. Mm. I'm with you on this one. I'm I'm gonna be there. Whatever you need, I'm there for mm-hmm. you." I'm like. What in the heck just happened? What in the world did Jim Mora just say? That's what he just did. <laughs> That's what he just did. All right, let's continue. we got uh, some, a whole bunch more of these to get through. Cal Raleigh was one of the best interviews of the week by far. What a guy. What a what an intriguing person in the way he kind of is direct. Uh, he was the one who was most outspoken about where the organization was at at the end of the year. So I asked him, let's put this to bed. As you stand here today, what did you make of the offseason and how did they listen to you? Yeah, I mean, first things first, you know, like I said, I told you guys before, there was never an agenda. It was strictly coming from a, a place in my heart of I want to win. You know, you talk to JP, you talk to Ty, you talk to Logan. It's the same thing. All we want to do is win. And obviously get better players, you win. I mean, that's just the case. And, you know, but yes, I feel like things, you know, as far as the communication has gotten a lot better. The other things as far as we went out and we made some adjustments, you know, like I said, to our you know obviously players and then obviously our coaches and you know i think that's going to show up in a great way and i think not only the new guys but i think the the old guys that are the guys that have been here as well had to make some adjustments i know i've made some adjustments this this off season i know jp has been working at driveline for the past few um years now and he's made adjustments as well this off season and i think it's going to be great for everybody does that help mariner fans to hear that to hear him say he likes the acquisitions they made, the changes in players, and also that it went beyond that, and it's mm-hmm. also some changes they made to strategy to and coaching. system and scheme and all of that. Do you think we're going to feel that a month from now when the season starts and we get into the routine with all of you of listening to these games and watching these games, do you think it will be a tangible, like the Seahawks, same way? Seahawks made a lot of changes. This roster... Probably more changes maybe than even the Seahawks roster is going to make. About 35% average, as you've stated a number of times. This is about 50% new from last year's spring training. Last year's opening day. Last year's opening day. So do, do you think as we watch in April, you know, we're going to be texting each other going, man, that's pretty cool. Might be. That, that's pretty good. Look at that I, mean, I think you hope ball. so, certainly. I mean, if they do and it works, then yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully we will definitely be doing so. Now, one of the things about Cal is that he and Logan have this little rivalry. This love little back and forth. They're brotherly love. So we asked Cal a, a series of questions about his pitchers, who hurts his hand the most, who holds runners the best, who wouldn't he want to introduce to his parents. But I also asked him which pitcher shakes him off the most and the least, mm-hmm. and here's what he said. 
The least, George, for sure. How about the most? Uh, Logan. Really? Yeah, George. He and- sat down with Logan the other day. He says, I hate shaking the guys off. Don't all listen I want- to that. He said, that's all I want to fi- do is that's, just throw. That's fake news. Really? Yeah, he's, uh, he, um, <laughs> he has very particular sometimes about what he wants to throw and when he wants to throw it. And he, um, I'd say Luis and George are probably the least. They just get in rip. Then Logan's a little more cerebral sometimes and is a little more. Yeah, you know, it is, but it's what makes him good. I mean, he called that straight up fake news. So I wanted to make sure we at least went back to the source. And you guys heard exactly what Logan said just a couple days earlier. Whatever reason, when I get on the mound, I, I just like shut my brain off, even to the point that I don't like calling my game or even shaking really at all. It's just whatever the catcher puts down they know me better than me probably out there so i just completely shut my brain off and go i'm not thinking about anything wow so like normal in our today's culture which channel you believe in <laughs> you can flip between channels and get two totally different which stories. cable news view do you want which well, cable we saw <laughs> logan after that uh-huh. and asked him and oh. he's like oh i had words with cal about yeah that. that's right yeah. He'd, he'd heard about I mean, it's like msnbc and fox yes i mean you're is. getting two completely which different one, world which views. one do you want yeah which one do you uh, which one do you believe <laughs> we can I'm, watch closer in game and figure it out right i'm asking which one do you believe i don't i, I who do i believe yes. logan or cal yeah Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. For sure, Cal. Who do you believe more? Oh well, of course. Well, he's a he's my roommate, so we talk about this all the time. But B, he's the quarterback of that moment. He's like Logan talked about. What does he think about? What does he focus on? Wants to to be true. Yes, but I think Logan blacks out during the game. Hundred percent. What happens? Cal is the only one who knows. Someone tweeted at us and said, "Yeah, no, he's right. Logan doesn't shake Cal off. Walter does." Yeah, it's all. Ah, hey, that's a good point. Well, we also had evidence. Okay, so listen, if you're going to cut through between MSNBC and Fox, and you're going to get to the the real news, journalistic integrity. What happened in the first inning? of the game we watched here. What happened? Yeah. Those two had to have a mound visit. Yeah. Mm. So you get on the same page. I'm going to say, Ca- I'm going to, I mean, I love I mean, Logan. Maybe you guys caused that. Yeah. Great. <laughs> we caused a little, <laughs> a, a, a little visit out there. All right. Got a few other things here. Um, let me skip to the end and go to Julio Rodriguez. Going to want to make sure we get this one in here. Cut 14 because we asked Julio about some of the little extracurricular stuff we've seen on the field over the last few years. He always seems to find himself in the middle of it. Maybe that makes you nervous. Maybe you love it. But I'll tell you what I absolutely could not get enough of was his answer on this. Yeah, it's not even that it's good for the game. This is my team. You know, Darn this right. is our teammates. I feel like we we grind together every time. You know, we're here. We're fighting against along along each other. So I feel like whatever needs to be done, I'm, I'm gonna do it. And that's just the type of guy I am. Aside of anything, that I just rep- I'm I'm with these guys. And whoever's on the other side, they gotta be respectful. You know, like if you wanna beat us, beat us with the game. Don't try to do any funny stuff. I'm just looking at this Mariner wall of fame that stares down at us every day as we're broadcasting here. Thank you, Alaska Airlines. And we sit in the shadows of Edgar and Raul, Harold in the bone, Randy Johnson and the kid, Dan the man and Mr. Moyer and Ichiro, and Mr. Mariner himself, the great Alvin Davis, who's, by the way, smoking briskets for the next 24 hours here. Love that. But as I look at those, Salk, honestly, you know what's a common thread with what Julio just said? Every one of those guys Mm would have been one of the first to go to war. Now, Edgar was, a, a, you know, the most maybe reserved with it in his own way. But Ichiro? Every, 
Ichiro probably is the one that would be like, I'll be on the back end. Right. Yeah, you guys go to war. I'll, I'll if, be with if, you. One, in two, spirit. three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, if you had to rank those nine or ten, Ichiro's definitely the last on yeah, that list. I'd say Buner's probably number one. Buner's going. He's going. Harold's going. Raul's yeah. going. Randy's going. The kid is going. Yeah. Dan is uh, is very nice, but he's going. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's cool. It and, is. and that's what happens when you're homegrown, too. Yeah. Uh, a couple more. Scott Service. Uh, let me play you cut uh, 13 because Scott was uh, having some fun at the expense of a few of his players. Bryce Miller, <laughs> who pitched yesterday among them. And turns out Scott does a pretty good impression of young Bryce. He is big Tex for a reason. It's Texas through and through, and you see it come out every day. I love it. I love uh, having him stop in my office. Every day he's got something crazy. Yeah, I signed up today, Skip. I'm going to pitch. Okay, <laughs> you're in there. Go get him. <laughs> I'm a pitch. I'm going to let it rip. Yeah. I, I would you s- talked to Bre- Bryce yesterday. Is Scott Service's a- impression accurate? Yes, very accurate. Okay. And I would say, like in a work environment, right, we always have these sneaky people that may be well, real quiet, real reserved, but if you know them, you're like, oh. They kind of make the make life the of the party. Office, kind of life kind of, of the party. Office go. I think that Bryce, especially compared to last year where we total unknown mm-hmm. and we just appreciated the talent from Luis Castillo, the story we heard that he and Luis are really, really close, right, to the 20 guys watching Salk and all the other pitchers. i got to come out. i got to see what Bryce is doing By here. By the way, did you see that yesterday with Luis? I did. Well? All of them gathered yeah. around, and he was popping yes admit, it was very intense just, watching him throw that yeah his yeah. ability to move it both Isn't ways that crazy just, i don't know how you did so there you go that is uh, those are some of the highlights of the week uh there were many of them we also had the chance to talk to ty france we haven't had a chance to cut all that up yet mm-hmm. but ty was today and he did tell us uh that hey whatever he needs to do he did lose some weight he is feeling better he is feeling more athletic and unlike in past years where he was hey i'm planted here on first base he was a little open to the idea that maybe he could move across the diamond if he was asked to do so which will be a you know a continued topic of conversation (laughs) depending on how things go with her yeah i thought in instructive when he said there's young guys coming yeah Right? When K.J. Wright or these guys would talk to you get later in their career, you know what you notice over your shoulder? Whoa. Whoa. That dude's a – that lock leader's a talented <laughs> guy, right? Yeah. Like, instead of, hey, this is my job, I could show up. I don't really – you know, no, 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 no. Hold on. This lock leader kicking hit. Yeah, these guys are oh, coming. This, this Cole Young guy can hit. Yeah, these guys are coming. Right, yeah. And yep. I think you saw it here with the pitchers the last couple of years. Like, yep. uh, this Brian Wu guy is going to be pretty good. This Bryce Miller guy yep. is going to be pretty good. Yep. This young reliever is going to be pretty good. That's what you want. That's the that's the kind of system you want yep. where you're consistently spitting out talent. And I think that's what Jerry has talked about and, and preached for quite some time. So it's been an awesome week. Those were some of the things mm. we heard. Mm. But let's be clear. The reason you show up and listen to this show is to find out what Brock saw. The full-on body show, the buff dude report, everything Brock noticed about the various male forms he saw. Coming up next on Brock and Salk.